pads are so bad. Shoe pads are so bad. I used to do it with my granddaughter all the time.
Good morning. And we want to welcome our online audience as well. <clears throat> if you happen to be watching via the Facebook feed, please be sure to mention your name so you can connect with others that are worshiping with you at this time. Today we conclude our series on We're Back as we focus on the importance of serving in the name of Christ our Lord. Please join with me in our responsive call to worship. God has given us this day for praise. God has given us his Son that we might learn ways of peace and mercy. May the words of God's Son enter our hearts and transform our lives. Come, let us worship this great God of abundant mercy and love. May our songs and words reflect God's healing and restoring love. Let us stand as we join together and sing number 57. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, verses 1, 2, and 3, and then the last verse, verse 7. bring your spirit among us this morning. May that presence connect us with one another. May it especially connect us with you. And may it especially on this day connect us with this world as we're called to be your hands and feet, a world that is in great need of peace at this time. Help us to be that witness into this world, this community, and within our close friends and family that that assurance that you are in control will give us the calm, the assurance we need in this time through Christ our Lord. Amen.
Marty. I'm Carol Miller, and I'm part of your care team, uh, pastoral care team here at the church. And I get to give you all our prayer concerns. And we ask you on this week that we are sharing um, all the services that we can do on our own in this church, that um, prayer warriors are so important. So please remember these people in your prayers this week. We ask your prayers for our church family members that are in the hospital, especially George Hahn, who was admitted this week, and for those that have returned home and are recuperating at home. We also ask you to remember Pat Pratt, who fell this week but is at home on being cared for by her family members. And we pray for God's comfort and peace for those families of our servicemen and women who gave their lives in trying to move people from chaos into freedom. And also we pray especially for um, Marine Humbert Sanchez, who from uh, our own neighborhood here, Lebanon, um, died in that tragedy. And also all of the Afghans that at that time were trying to seek freedom. And our prayers of safety for those that are preparing for the onslaught of Hurricane Ida. Such a sad time for them, and we ask for, your, for their safety. And I do have a joy to share this morning the birth of Jackson Wesley Egbert, born yesterday. And the proud parents are Kevin and Jana Egbert, and their proud grandparents are Heidi and Ron Mangus. So congratulations on that birth. I also would like to just um, sidetrack a little bit here and thank um, Tom Weesies because today is his last day um, to be sitting over here at our organ, and we thank him for all his sharing of his talent, which um, <laughs> is very important to us. So remember that our care team is available to you 24-7. You can call the care number at 317-773-2590, or you can email us at care at noblesvillefirst.com, and the office line is always open also for your messages. Thank you.
choir. Please join with me in the call to worship. Faithful God, in the world of your creation, you made the seasons to change, the vines to bear fruit, and the fields to produce good things. You alone are a resting comfort. turn to you as the source of all life, marveling at your wisdom, seeking to learn your purpose for our lives. We offer you our praise and thanksgiving, for you are the God who made us, the Christ who mends us, and the Spirit who brings us life. Amen. Now as we pause for a time of silent prayer, May this be your time of quiet with God, seeking guidance from the Holy Spirit that often comes in the soft whispers of the breeze. Following our time of silent prayer, I will give a pastoral prayer and then please join me in the Lord's Prayer. So let's quiet our spirit now. Gracious Lord, we come to you today both as individuals and as a united group of your children praying for your church and the world. We come as people with many gifts and talents, various concerns, needs, desire, and excitement to serve. And yet, Lord, you often challenge us, challenge us by calling us out into the unknown, into the new and unfamiliar surroundings, and we are uncomfortable. As you call us into new ways of service, however, you are always beside us, guiding us with each step as we travel into the unknown. Even in this unfamiliar space, your spirit continues to be with us in many different ways. You have given us our church community for support in those times when you send us out to face new challenges. Each of us brings into this congregation and church family spiritual gifts and strengths that you alone have bestowed upon us to be used for your glory. And then you gather us together as one church, one body, to worship together, grow together, and become closer in our care for each other as we reach out beyond our doors to your children in need. Gracious Lord, we are thankful for your continued care, for our friends that are so willing to assist us as we serve, and your guiding hand as we walk this road of service with you. May we always be open to the whispers of your spirit and to reach for you in times of need 
trusting that you are always with us, we are grateful for the gift of Jesus Christ, through whom we pray. Amen. And now let us, as Christ Church joined together, praying the gift of prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Time to get your tickets. The last I checked last night, we had over 120 registered, so you might want to get on that soon. It's a great time. You'll have a, a wonderful chance to connect with others, hear the latest developments out of Teeter, and also celebrate our, our farm mission. And if you haven't experienced a wine dinner with Chef Samantha, it's quite a treat. It's like going to the food channel right there at Purgatory Golf Course. So hope that you'll join us. Uh, it's one of our major fundraisers for the Teeter Farm Mission, so please help us out in this time. also like to lift up the uh, mums for the missions team. We will someday get back to Mission to Guatemala. Uh, hopefully it will be uh, a year from this October, this fall. So we need to continue to fundraise for those, those trips. So it's $10 each, the great mums. Uh, go to our website and find the link to order those. Uh, tomorrow is the deadline to order those moms. And we want to lift up the getting started with the Bible. I know some of you um, avoid Bible studies because you feel like you don't know enough, you don't want to get embarrassed. Well, this is the perfect opportunity for you. Uh, it's five sessions. It's going to be taught by five different people, so you get a little taste of how each of us uh, bring, uh, go to the Bible and, and interpret it. And uh, it's a great experience to get a, a feel for the whole of Scripture, and I think it'll be more comfortable uh, participating in Bible studies after that. So please check it out. starts Tuesday, September the 7th from 6.30 to 8.30. And then uh, Amber Good is launching a yoga at Teeter Retreat and Farm every Friday at 9 a.m. So if you're free at that time, uh, come and do something that's good for you in a great setting. And then we'd also like to encourage you, if you happen to be new, please be sure to touch base with Bonnie Zickcraft, our hospitality coordinator, and share uh, your name, and she'll have a free gift for you, as well as some information to connect you with our church ministries. This time, I encourage you to pull out your connection card, and please be sure to uh, put some method of contact there. On the back, you'll find opportunities for 
prayer request, and then look at the opportunities to connect with our faith community, to connect with the community as we reach out and serve. Uh, please be sure to check out the community conversations. We'll be having those in September, so check that, and we'll be in touch with you to get you scheduled for one of those five- to seven-person member conversations. I think the rest of the announcements uh, you can read on your own. So at this time, let us pray and bless the offering that we're about to take. Lord, we thank you for the many ways that you reach out to us. Today especially, we lift up how vital it is that we are your hands and feet. We are the ones that you bring the connections with others. We are the ones that can introduce your love to someone special. So help us to respond using the gifts that you've given to us, knowing that you can do extraordinary things through our humble efforts. All this we ask in the name of your Son, who is our Lord. Amen. This time, children are invited to head out to our Noblesville First Kids programming, and uh, the officers will come forward to receive our tithes and our offerings. are called to take his light to a world where wrong seems right what could be too great a cost for sharing life with one who's lost 
our hearts can feel all the grief they bear they must hear the words of life only we can share people need the Lord people need the Lord at the end of broken dreams he's the open door So I want to make it clear to you that no one says Jesus is cursed when speaking by God's Spirit. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different spiritual gifts but the same Spirit. And there are different ministries and the same Lord. And there are different activities but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. A demonstration of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. 
A word of wisdom is given by the Spirit to one person. A word of knowledge to another according to the same Spirit. Faith to still another by the same Spirit. Gifts of healing to another in one Spirit. Performance of miracles to another. Prophecy to another. The ability to tell spirits apart to another. Different kinds of tongues to another. And the interpretation of the tongues to another. All these things are produced by the one and same Spirit who gives what he wants to each person. We are thankful to God for the gift of Scripture. Amen. Good morning. Good to be with you here and to be with you who are online joining us this morning. It's always good to come and gather together to worship the Lord. Let us pray. Oh Lord, my God, you are our rock and redeemer. And I would ask that the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth would be what you would have spoken this day. May they fall upon ears and hearts that are willing to hear so that feet and hands will act. All this I pray in your son's holy name. Amen. Welcome back has been the theme for our preaching this month. We have looked in this series about how the pandemic has impacted our lives, especially when we were so isolated from one another. On the first Sunday, Pastor Jerry talked about collective effervescence, the coming together to participate in community, to encourage one another through our rituals and our ministry. When we gather together, we become excited about doing the Lord's work. On the second Sunday of the series, Pastor Jerry shared about the song, about the gift of song and the importance of it in community. All of us have some song or hymn that speaks to us just as much as the spoken word speaks to us. You don't get it all from us in our preaching. In fact, we hope you get something from it. <laughs> In the singings of hymns and songs, we praise God. We receive God's comfort and are encouraged to go forth into the world to do God's ministry. The gift of touch was explored on the third Sunday. Pastors Jill and Jerry shared how we all long for some sort of touch especially when we are discouraged with life. Pastor Jill shared that longing for touch through the story of the woman who touched Jesus' robe and was healed, found in chapter 8 of Luke. The woman knew Jesus' healing power came through touch, a powerful reminder to all of us of that benefit in our lives, why we like hugs, it gives us a sense of comfort and belonging. Last week, Pastor Jerry talked about Christian conferencing, the practice of being deliberate in how we treat others in our relationships to bring God's kingdom here on earth. 
Along those lines, Pastor Jill spoke about our need to accept others into our fellowship, even when they are not exactly like us. We each have something to offer to the community of faith to to strengthen it, no matter how big that gift may be or how little that gift may be in your eyes. It strengthens the community of faith. This week, Paul and I are the epilogue to the series, We're Back. It became a five-part series. I don't know if this, I haven't even paid attention to the screens this morning, but last week I noted it said four parts, and we're the fifth part in one way. Although we were never fully gone, we could not do ministry together in all the ways we wanted to during the pandemic. Ministries did adapt, and ministries carried on despite the obstacles. Now that we are back, we need to reacquaint ourselves with all the ways that we can serve together for the common good of the church and the world. According to the Apostle Paul in our scripture reading this morning, spiritual gifts, different ministries, and different activities are distributed by God to everyone for the common good. In this chapter in the book of Corinthians, Paul is addressing one of the many issues that have caused division in the Corinthians church, keeping it from being unified in doing the work of ministry. Now I know that doesn't happen here, does it? The issue at hand was the idea that my gift is better than your gift. Now, I think a couple weeks ago when I helped Pastor Jerry out, I mentioned that I did not have the gift of voice. I didn't get it in those weeks in between. And boy, do I get jealous of the choir, I must say. But in the church in Corinth, it was all about speaking in tongues. And I'm not going to dwell on that, and we're not even going to talk about that. I'm dwelling on the common good and why we have spiritual gifts. But when we don't look at our gifts as being as important and equal in the life of the church, it it can cause divisions, and it did in the life of the Corinthian church. So the issue at hand was the idea that my gift is better than your gift, and therefore I should be looked upon as more important than you. Paul, if we go on to read the rest of the chapter, sets out the argument in the metaphor about the body, that no gift is better than the other, but each has its own place and purpose in life and in the life of the church. Just like all of our body parts have a certain function, and if one of our body parts is missing, the body does not function properly. In that discussion, 
Paul reminds the Corinthians that God gives honor to the part with less honor so that there won't be divisions in the body and the parts might have mutual concern for one another. Did you hear that? That you might have mutual concerns for one another. That's why we gather together. That's why we need this community of faith. Now, I am not sure Paul ever solved the issue he was addressing in the Corinth church. He does tell both sides, he does tell those, he does tell both those who read the letter then and us today that we are given different gifts, ministries, and activities to use for the common good and to care for one another. All the gifts are equally important in the life of the church, which we often call the body of Christ, hence the metaphor about the body. We work together in our diversity, caring for one another to bring about the common good for the sake of God's kingdom. As God's created children and followers of Jesus Christ, each of us are given gifts, talents, and abilities to use for the common good as we live in relationship with others, in our families, among our friends, in our communities of faith, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, i.e., in all of life. The Holy Spirit distributes them among us as God sees fit. None of us are left out of the distribution. It's just that we are all giving something, and my gifts is not the gift of song. I somewhat hope it is the gift of preaching. We have been proclaiming, we are back to being the church in a more normal way than we were during the pandemic a pandemic that caused us to change our ways of doing life for a season. We all pray and hope the worst is behind us, even as we battle the variants that are rising up as we move forward into a new reality. Therefore, my question for us today is how will each of us serve others with our gifts, talents, and abilities for the common good in all areas of our lives, including the life of this church, to help it move forward positively as we seek to make disciples for Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, or to put it another way, for God's kingdom. I cannot pretend to know how God is calling each of you to serve as we embark together as this community of faith to do God's work in the world through the ministries of this church. However, I do know each of us is called to serve God's church within its doors as well as without its doors. It's not an either-or option. We serve together to strengthen one another, to go out into the community and do God's work. 
I also know this. You will be blessed and know joy in unexpected ways when you serve God with your given gifts to the best of your ability to show God's grace and unconditional love to the world. I know this because I have experienced it when I have least expected it. In 2004, Don and I took a mission trip with what was then the Lafayette District. We went for three weeks to Itabuna, Brazil. Actually, it was one of the first times I was out of the country that long. We went to this community to build a church with a small, struggling congregation. Boy, were they glad to have us. And I have to tell you, I never worked so hard in my life, and my feet helped to pound the dirt in flat enough so that the foundation for that church could be poor because they did not have the tools and machinery to do it. But that's not the point of this story. What the point of this story is, is that they were so joyful to have us, to come and help them to build their church, that they would have a place to worship, that they wanted to share themselves with us. And they invited the pastors that were on this trip to come to their homes, to bless their homes. Now, I have to tell you, their home is not like my home. Most of their homes were all of two, and maybe, if you were lucky, three rooms, with all of their furniture and the beds stacked high. But they wanted us to come to bless their homes and share their joy for us having been with them, to do ministry with them because they helped us to build their church, and to share their hospitality with us. Did they have the refreshments galore? And they did not serve themselves first. They served us. And they made sure all of us had something before any of them took something. And you know what? They did it with joy. So much joy that I just was so taken aback that, you know, remember Paul's words, I am content in all situations. These people were content, truly, despite their poverty. It taught me so much about hospitality, so much more than I had ever done. And to this day, I try to be the most hospitable person I can be in all situations. And in fact, my kids always tell me when I invite people to our house, how much food are you making? We're not having an army. But it taught me not only that, but to be hospitable to others in all situations, because there's all ways you can be hospitable. It's not just about food. It's about your being with others. Their joy was contagious. It taught me. We became the church together. 
We gathered and encouraged one another. We helped one another. They grew in their faith, I hope, and I grew in mine and God's call on my life and what I was to be about. Ever since then, I try to live up to those standards. If you are not already involved in the ministry in the life of this church, I encourage you to join one of the ministries as a way to use your God-given gifts, talents, and abilities to serve the common good and shed God's love and grace into the world. If you are already serving in ministry, I and all the pastors and all the other leaders of all the other ministries in this church want to thank you for sharing your gifts. As you continue to share your gifts and maybe even add another area you can serve in or come to serve for a first time, I pray that God's strength and joy will be yours and mine as we care for one another and serve God for the good of all. Amen. people become what your people most desire. Open our hearts and minds that we might be moved by your spirit as we seek to follow you day by day. Amen. I realized as I was listening to Mary Eileen that uh, I might be the embodiment of the metaphor of the body parts because I have a little problem with one of my legs, so I'm going to use this stool. (laughs) I hope you don't mind. I wouldn't be able to stand for more than about 30 seconds. And it has the added benefit, my eyes are closer to my notes. <laughs> Can't lose on this one, really. <laughs> well, I really wasn't trying to double down on Bibles today, uh, but I, I brought two Bibles because each one of them reminds me of a story that I'd like to 
share with you. This Bible was presented to little Paul Thomas Ernst by Central Methodist Church in Phoenix, Arizona. I won't say how many years ago. <laughs> it's signed by the Reverend Charles Kendall, and I only remember him because he was a relative, and by Mrs. E. Vance House, Sunday School Superintendent, who I don't remember at all. <laughs> but you know who I do remember? I remember my Sunday School teacher that year. For she did something important for me. And I can't remember her name either. I can't remember what she looked like. But I do remember that I asked her if I could help teach the Sunday school class. Well, rather than give me some lame excuse or have that little chuckle that people get when it isn't that cute, or hope that I would lose interest and, and uh, kind of, you know, be out of the way at some point soon. She did let me help. And at the end of that church school year, that I received this Bible, and I'm sure some, of, I'm sure the other children did too. But I remember it because it has this very special meaning for me. By what she did, that nameless, faceless Sunday school teacher who was in the right place at the right time, following her own call to teach, what she did was she planted a seed in me that would someday change my life. Now this other Bible is my confirmation Bible. Like all of you, I'm sure, given to me when I made my public commitment to live out the baptismal and membership covenants of the church and become a professing member. And when I see this Bible, of course, I remember that day. And uh, the day that I stood in front of God and the congregation with the confirmation class and took those vows. By the time that I did get the confirmation class, we were in a, a different church. But this Bible also reminds me of another teacher but it, it's not the wonderful uh, teachers and mentors and parents and clergy that oversaw our confirmation class. When I hold this Bible in my hands, I remember a different teacher, a music teacher. A music teacher. He was the adult choir director of what was then our new church. It had just been started near our new home in Scottsdale, Arizona. And that new church started a choir. But the church was too new and too small to have a children's choir. Well, I came from a home that was always filled with music and singing. And I decided I wanted to be in the choir. I think I was a rather difficult child, actually. <laughs> so I just went up to the choir director, and I just brazenly asked if I could be in the choir. And I didn't get tossed out. The choir director went and talked with the, uh, with the choir, and they decided that, yes, I could be in a choir. 
all those grown-ups were so welcoming and supportive. And they just accepted me as I was. Just, and I became a part of that, that little choir community in what was at the time at little church, a little small church plant. And I fell in love with choral singing. And that little seed had been, that had been planted a few years earlier by the Sunday school teacher, that very special Sunday school teacher, now received nurture and began to take root and sprout. So that's what I remember when I look at this Bible. That choir director and that choir. And here I am, still in a choir, 60 years later. <laughs> And really glad to be in it, even though a few times they told me to sit down. <laughs> Have there been people in your life like that, though? People like the choir director and the Sunday school teacher? People who have planted seeds? For other people who have been there later to nurture them? A teacher or a mentor or a coach? Someone sometime in your life beyond your parents? that has said or done something positive and possibly life-changing or life-affirming for you, if there is, if there has been, I don't think you'll have to think very hard about it, very long about it, because you remember. So here's another question to ponder. Do you think you have been or could be that special person for someone else? I found out I'd been that person one time at a life, time in my life when I would least expect that I ever could have been. I received a phone call just out of the blue from someone who wanted to tell me just that. And it all started with a cornfield on the fifth floor. Years ago, I was the executive producer of a daily entertainment program that originated in Cincinnati and aired all through the Midwest section of the country. And I met with the crew one day, the crew and the staff, and we were brainstorming what we might do for our Halloween special. And this was a pretty creative bunch. And in a burst of collective effervescence, Pastor Derek, I love that term, <laughs> we decided to build a cornfield in the fifth floor studio in downtown Cincinnati. <laughs> well, at the time, it seemed like a good idea. <laughs> And we did do it. We did. I got in so much trouble for that. There were two main ingredients to a cornfield. There are, anyway, still are the same two, dirt and corn stalks. So we hauled hundreds of pounds of dirt up the stairwell and brought in a truckload of corn stalks. Still living that one down. But that's why I remember that particular day when this, when this man called. The day of the cornfield on the fifth floor. And a man named Kit called to speak with me about it. He tracked me down somehow. And after establishing that we did have that infamous day in common, he asked me if I remembered what I had said to him that day. I did not. I had no clue what I said to him that day. But he said to me, 
repeated those forgotten words back, and then he said to me, you changed my life. Wow. I changed his life. I don't know what I said. But I was there with the right people at the right time. Granted, a crazy bunch building a cornfield on the fifth floor is a, it's a pretty iffy time and place, but it clearly worked at one time. But, and it was clearly felt like a safe place to him. But you know there are so many other safe places that bless us with, with opportunities like that. Places that quite often bring together people who share interests and care about one another. And one of those places, I think the main place, is a place like this, a community of faith. And within our community of faith, we, we have a lot of places that people can be. One of them, for me, I think I've pretty well established now, and hopefully they don't disagree with me, one of the places is the Chancellor Choir. We have a community of interest, music. There's a collective effervescence that bubbles up from our common passion for choral singing, and anyone who's been in a church choir knows that we truly receive the gift of belonging. And it's a gift that can be easily extended, re-gifted, if you will, to anyone who wants to join the choir community. And then there's that membership bonus. Each Sunday, we're privileged to share as a choir our gift with all of you, the entire congregation, for the glory of God and worship. And we all know when together we've given it our best. We know that, right? And the other thing, too. <laughs> because it feels good it feels very much like giving a gift to a valued friend in his book 40 Days of Doubt Devotions for the Skeptic Eric Huffman asks have you ever sat in a living room with a small group of people who gather eat and drink and follow Jesus together keeping one another in sacred covenant and holding one another accountable love. It's a beautiful thing to behold. Well, choir is one of the places in the church that's like that. But there are so many other groups that are so much like that in our church. And that brings me to the list that those of you who are here should have gotten with your bulletin when you came in. And for those of you who are watching at home, I would like for you to be able to have that list, and I'll give you some reasons why. Uh, but if you'd like to have a copy of it, just send that request to care at noblesvillefirst.com, and I'll see that you get a copy. Our pastors and staff compiled that, the list. And it's this list of places where people may experience what it's like to make a difference where people may have a chance to plant seeds or know the joy of nurturing the growth of seeds that have already been planted. There are so many places in the church where any one of us can make a difference, where we can experience community effervescence, where we can know the joy of belonging and just have fun with friends 
who share our interests. So I invite you to take this paper home with you. If, if you have questions, contact the people who are listed there, who have put the, on each section of the paper, I think we've put their email addresses. And I know not everything that you see will be right for you. But I hope you'll see something that at least ignites in you a small flame of curiosity. As I look at the list, it occurs to me that as I go down through these suggestions, each of them in their own way are just a teeny tiny little bit like farming. Answering God's call in any of the ways we see on this list puts us in the right place to plant the seeds whether as farmers or teachers or life coaches or ushers or communion stewards, people who are providing food or sympathy or prayer or companionship or our Holy Communion for those who aren't able to be with us on Sunday. We're not only in the right place to plant those seeds, we may well be there at the right time to nurture what has already been planted. And having provided those blessings for others, you just might find that you have been truly blessed yourself. Sometimes we look at a list like this and we start to think about the difficulty of the tasks or worry about how time-consuming it might be. But here's another way to think about it. What would it be like to put aside those worries and just search this list for an activity that seems to fit you and then just dive in? Why not? Go over the needs on this eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and pray about where you might fit in and then simply act on what you know. God is real, the gospel is true, and your life has purpose beyond what you can see. Amen.
God's Holy Spirit to share your gifts, talents, and abilities in the world so that God's kingdom will come here on earth as it is in heaven. Go, in the name of the Creator, in the name of the Redeemer, and in the name of the Sustainer. Amen.